Welcome to the podcast of Covenant Life Church in Jeffersonville, Indiana. We'd love for you to join us if you're in the area on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and on Wednesdays at 7 o'clock p.m. We hope that you enjoy this message from Pastor Robert Floyd. Glory to God. Well, last week we started our series called Wounded in the House of Your Friends. And um, we're just picking up and continuing on with that this morning. And my heart is, is that... um, you know, you and I can live a life uh, and, 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 and just kind of make it through, or we can be free. You can be free, and you can live a life of freedom and liberty and really be able to enjoy and live the life that God's called you to live. That's your decision. That's my decision to be able to do that. And what I found out in the body of Christ is in church, in the church itself, churches filled with lots of people that are hurt, that are wounded, that are offended, that are bitter, that are struggling. This um, is to see God bring freedom and liberty into our lives. But not only that, one of the things I've asked you to do, and I ask you to do that even for Easter, and that is, is to find people that are not in church, that used to be in church, and ask them if they'll give God another chance. And they say, well, I love Jesus. Well, then be a part of his church. Amen. In other words, don't hold back. Don't, don't condemn them and don't be ugly. But the point is, is that Jesus is coming back for his church. Not just for Christians. If you love Jesus, you have to love his church. There, there's, no, there's no gray area there. Amen. Jesus is the head of the church. We are the body of Christ. So if you love Jesus, you got to love his body. Amen. And you, you may not like his body at times. Amen. But you got to love it. And if you love it, that means you what? Lay down your life for it. That means you get over it and you be a part of it. Amen. I didn't think that would go over too well, but it's the truth anyway. Amen. <laughs> so, um, so we began, uh, you know, last week talking about that, talking about being women in the church, but sometimes in our own family dynamic or, you know, w- with our work family, with our, our, our biological family, whatever the case may be, but lots of people are livid, wounded, and they're living, uh, looking back and, and really being hindered from, from seeing God do all that he wants to do in their life. And so John 10, 10, he says, I have come that you might have life and life more abundant. Life and life more abundant. Life and life more abundant. That abundant life means abundant. It means more than. And so your life and my life ought to be more than just life. It ought to be more than. So, um, you know, as far as talking about people and being wounded, um, most of the time our deepest wounds, I'm just going to, recap this real quick our uh, wounds suffered by those that are closest to us amen how many of you could say amen to well maybe not raise your hand but hallelujah just kidding um but the other thing is is you can't live victoriously if you're still living as a victim and we've got a whole lot of people in our nation that are victims amen we're victims of anything and everything 
We're victims of, of, of the past. We're victims of, of, of 10 generations ago. We're victims of our society. We're victims of our family. We're victims of this. We're victims of that. And so you're coming in life. And so you can't overcome if you're still living in victim, as a victim. Amen? So, you know, um, some of those things, is, is, as far as the church is concerned, uh, the things that I've seen over time, you, you know, you say, well, how do I know if I'm still wounded over something? How do I know if I haven't forgiven uh, somebody for something? Well, you know, one of the ways you know that is because you're spending all your time trolling them. Amen? In other words, you're more concerned about what they're doing or not doing, what's going on in their life or not going on in their life, picking their life apart and why they aren't doing this right, they're not doing that right. You're more concerned about that than you are about what God's doing in your life. Amen. We can spend our life, we get on Facebook and, and, and we're, we're just going through and, and it's like we're, we're tracking all these people in life and we're paying attention to what they're doing and we're, we're investing all of our emotional energy and time into what God's doing or not doing or what they're doing or not doing. Amen. And so we've got to make sure in our life that we're focused on, uh, I'm not saying we should be focused on others, but I can't spend my life being worried about what somebody else is doing or not doing. You come to church and, and you avoid somebody. Like you'll walk clear across the other side of the room to not engage them. Y'all all looking at me like so, you're so holy. Amen. <laughs> You know, I'm serious. And so we, we, we get up and they come over here and, you know, we're making our way over here. You know, all the while we're looking at what they're doing and not doing, but we're not going to interact or engage because it's awkward or because they wounded me, they hurt me. You know, or we're, you know, it, it, or we're in worship. You know, and we're, we're worshiping God and we're being godly. You know, we're worship. We got our hands up and we're worshiping God. And then out of the corner of our eye, we see that person walk in. And we think, oh, dear God. I love you, Lord. I can't believe that person just walked in here. You know? And then, then we engage somebody else. Did you see who just came in? Did? Do you know what they said? Do you know what happened? Can you believe this about them? And, and we're supposed to be worshiping God and entering in. And now all of our thoughts are consumed with this person and what they're doing. Can you believe what they're wearing today? I mean, I remember, you know, back in the day, and pastor, a uh, friend of mine, well, pastor Sam, we had this lady come into the church. This was 30 years ago, 35 years ago. And, you know, she was a lady that came in, her... Um, I think her husband was with her, but the lady came in and, and she was dressed up and um, wasn't much dressed up in. You know what I'm saying? She was kind of out everywhere, if I could say it like that, and uh, came and sat right on the front row. Now, you know, the first response to that is, number one, I can't preach with that sitting on the front row. <laughs> Amen. Now, if, you know what I'm saying? If you're honest about it, that, that would be a difficulty. And the, the, the encounter or the first response would be somebody needs to tell that person that they need to dress different. Right? 
problem is, is you don't know where they came from. They may have on the best thing they have. Somebody to validate who they are. And that's the only way they know how to go about it. And our response can be, well, they should know better. Well, maybe they should, maybe they shouldn't. You don't know their past. You know what I'm saying? We, we can be so quick to judge people, so quick to examine everybody else, and we forget about why we're even here, and that is for Jesus to touch the unchurched. It's to touch those that don't know Jesus. And so we've got to be careful with those things. You know, you know so the, the, they're walking in, you know, and all the ladies are worshiping God doing this to their husbands, you know. <laughs> Making sure they're not seeing that. But how many times do we lose focus, amen, because of things like that? Because we're so consumed with, with everybody else. We're consumed with that. We're consumed with the memory of what somebody did to me or what they didn't do or how they did it or how they didn't do it. We're so consumed about that. We talked about we're wounded when we, we try to get people to meet the people for our acceptance. And when people don't accept us, then we get offended, we get hurt, we get wounded. We look to people for our identity and who we are. Or who we're, you know, we're looking to people to, to solidify that identity. We're looking to people for our security. We're looking to people for our purpose. We talked about that last week. And we found out that we're wounded when people violate those areas or they don't, they don't live up to the measure we think they should. Instead of our eyes being on Jesus. Amen. And when we do that we remain wounded now listen not merely because of the hurt that's inflicted but because we don't forgive we live bound by the pain of unforgiveness and the torture of bitterness and so today I want to finish up talking about forgiveness I want to talk about that this morning because without this you will never be free. The enemy will make sure and set up a, an appointment for you with somebody that's gonna get you back into unforgiveness. The enemy's gonna make sure of that. And so if we're gonna live free, we've got to deal with this. Go over to Matthew chapter 18. Verse 23. Let's read this passage real quick. It says, Therefore the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I'll pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, the man who just had all his thousand dollars, he grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. 
He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called to the man, called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from the heart. Now, that's a very strong passage of scripture. But it still gives us a picture of how God sees things and that is is that you can live your life in unforgiveness but yet you're gonna get your life turned over to the tortures. In other words, you're gonna live in that bitterness and that torture of unforgiveness in your life and you're not gonna live in the freedom that Jesus paid the price for you to have. The, the, I mean, you have some amounts, but he didn't just qualify that in itself. What he did is he said, listen, if you don't forgive your brothers and sisters, then he says, I don't forgive you. Forgiveness is the only thing that stands between you and I in hell. Because your debts are forgiven. Well, what's your debt? Your debt is death. Your penalty is death. Your penalty is eternity away from God. That's our penalty. But because of the blood of Jesus being shed, he paid your debt. Amen? But when you don't forgive others, then what you do is you void the debt that was paid. And that debt comes back into effect. And now you're indebted again. Kind of blows away once saved, always saved. You see, we want to get saved and then we just want to do whatever and say, well, I'll get there. God loves me and I'm going to know. You need to read your Bible. You need to look at what the Word says and realize that I'm obligated. I am, I am under God's authority. I am under the command of the Word of God, if you will, that I need to walk and live a life towards my sisters. I've got to walk in forgiveness. And I'm going to show you that it's not as, I'm not going to say that it's easy, but it's not as difficult as you and I make it out to be. Forgiveness is a decision, and it's not based on feeling, it's a choice. I don't have to feel like forgiving you because nine times out of ten, I am hurt and wounded, and my feelings for you are not good, right? My feeling towards you ain't the best. So this isn't a, a forgiveness comes because I, I like you again. This forgiveness doesn't come because I feel good about you again. This forgiveness doesn't come, you know, because of my feelings for you. This forgiveness is a decision on my part. It's a decision that I have to make. I choose to walk in forgiveness. I choose to forgive this person. I make a decision to forgive. Forgiveness is an act of obedience and it's not optional. 
It's not optional. I don't get to say, well, I'll forgive or I won't. It's not optional as a believer. It's not something that I can choose to do or not. I mean, it's my choice, but it's not optional for me to walk with Jesus. If I'm going to walk with Jesus, I've got to walk in forgiveness. Matthew 6, 12 through 15. Start here with the, 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 the last part of the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Okay, again, we're lining up with Scripture. It says, and don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Now listen to what he says. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. There it is again. It's an act of obedience. It's an act of saying, God, I don't feel like it. I don't like this person. I don't like what they did to me or I don't like what they said to me. Amen. But I'm going to choose to forgive them. See, when we make it about feelings, then when we try to forgive somebody and we still harbor feelings of hurt (coughs) and we still have those feelings, those wounds, then we think we haven't forgiven And then we get struggle, we struggle and we get trapped in that instead of realizing that, hey, when I make a decision to forgive, whether I feel like it or not, it doesn't matter. And once I make that decision, then I can make that decision again the next day. And I can make that decision again the next day. And I can make that decision again the next day because it's not based on how I feel about you. It's not based upon what you're doing or not doing. It's not based on whether I like you. It's not based on whether you fit into my God box or not or whether you fit into my definition of the perfect Christian or not. It's based on a decision that I made and that is I choose to forgive you forgiveness is an act of faith now listen to this it's a harvest of freedom it's a seed sown in faith towards a harvest of freedom for me to be able to walk in freedom and liberty I've got to choose to forgive but my choosing to forgive is a a choice of faith it's an act of faith it's an act of obedience to the word because I don't feel like it it probably doesn't look like it it's going to matter it probably doesn't seem like it's going to make them change or cause them to change but it has nothing to do with that it has to do with me Choosing and then my sowing in my faith, my, my sowing that choice, that decision to forgive, then I have the right to reap the harvest of freedom and liberty in my life. And how many of you know sometimes your harvest is immediate and sometimes it's not? But if I keep sowing the right seed, what happens? What the word says? It says we'll reap if we, come on, somebody quote it. If we what? We'll reap in due season if we faint not. If we don't quit, if we don't give up, if we don't stop forgiving, then we'll reap that harvest of freedom and that liberty in our life. When I choose to forgive or forgiveness, it releases the power of God. It releases God's hand into your life and into theirs. You see, when I choose to forgive, then I don't take on the responsibility of punishing them. When I choose to forgive, I let go of the responsibility of condemning them. 
When I choose to forgive, I let go of the responsibility of judging them, of of being responsible for their penalty. You know, and it's funny because we're just like, well, I'm just not going to talk to them again. Like that matters. Amen? Like that really matters. Well, I'm just not going to talk to them anymore. I'm just not going to look to, I'm not going to shake their hand. You know, I'm not going to do this anymore. And they're like, I'm going on about my life. (laughs) You know, doesn't matter to me. And all of a sudden, all you're doing is penalizing and torturing yourself. But yet you're sowing a seed and that's what you end up reaping. You see, I'm, I'm releasing the power of God into my life first and then it also releases God into their life, into that situation. I have to walk in forgiveness. Mark eleven twenty two through 26 talks about faith and our unforgiveness, our willingness to not forgive, it hinders our faith. It hinders our faith. It keeps me from being able to believe God, from being able to trust God. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 10 and 11, it talks about forgiveness and it keeping Satan from gaining an advantage over us. Ephesians 4, 26 through 27, it talks about not giving the enemy a foothold. You see, when I walk in unforgiveness and I refuse to forgive, then I give the enemy an advantage over me. I give him an opportunity to get a foothold into my life instead of being able to walk in the freedom that Jesus has paid the price. Now listen, because I think this is the most powerful part. When I do not forgive, I lose my identity and I deny who I am in Christ. I think that's the most powerful truth in this is that when I refuse to forgive, I begin to lose who I am in Christ. I deny who I am in Christ. You want to know why we have people that can't function and and live and and they don't know who they are. They don't have any identity. They don't, you could normally, you can trace that back to something that's wounded them. Is that not right, Kevin? You can trace it back to a trauma. You can trace it back to an abuse. You can trace it back to a family thing. You can trace it back to somewhere where they were wounded. They were hurt and they refused to forgive. Or maybe they didn't know how. But the point is, is they didn't forgive. And when I do that, I get lost and I lose my identity. Why? Because this is what happens in my life. I become the person who wasn't wanted. That's my identity. I become the person who was abused. That becomes my identity. I become the person who was never accepted. That becomes my identity. I'm the person that was never good enough. That becomes my identity. I was the person who wasn't smart enough. That becomes my identity. I'm the person who wasn't, uh, um, I'm the person who was a failure and that becomes my identity. You see, when I choose not to forgive, I take on the identity of what's happened to me and I live the rest of my life taking on that identity and I begin to use that as a reason and as an excuse as a motivation for everything that I do in life or everything I don't do (laughs) I was abused so therefore I can't love I was not accepted so therefore I don't get close to people I was wounded by somebody's word so I don't get close to people 
You see what I'm saying? And I begin to use that as my identity of who I am. And instead of my story being a story of liberation, a story of freedom, a story of what Jesus has done, a story of how the power of God set me free, my story becomes more of a story of what happened to me instead of who happened to me. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Listen, the old life is life is gone. A new life has begun. Turn to him and say, a new life has begun. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. Listen, for some of us, we see that as only the days before Jesus. Let me tell you something. The old life uh, is gone. Today's a new day. Yesterday is gone. The day before is gone. The day before the day before is gone. The day before the day before the day before is gone. What happened last week is gone. What happened last month is gone. What happened last year is gone. What happened last Christmas? What happened last Thanksgiving? What happened is in the past. I'm a new creature in Christ. That means today is new. Today is what I make it. Today are the choices that I make and I don't have to be bound by yesterday in my life. When I do not forgive, I do not value my future. Unforgiveness keeps me tied to my past. When I refuse to walk in forgiveness, when I don't forgive, I don't value what's ahead. All I can see is what's behind. All I can see is what's in my past. When I don't forgive, I rob the peace and joy from my future. I can't have peace, I can't have joy, I, I can have little spots of, of being in a service and, and, and God breaks out and something happens, but Monday morning I'm still back where I was. Instead of walking in that freedom and walking in that liberty. When I don't forget, I default on the debt that has been forgiven. I said that earlier. In other words, what I'm saying is, is Jesus, what you paid for me is not enough. It's not enough for me and it's not enough for them because they still need to pay. They still need to pay. They still need to pay the price. They still need to pay the price. They hurt me. They need to pay for it. Jesus, what you did is not enough. That's what happens when we don't forgive. The last one is, is I deny the power of God. Now listen, and I am left with a form of godliness. When I don't walk in forgiveness and the power of forgiveness, what I'm doing is I'm denying the power of God to set me free, and I'm only left with having a shell of godliness. So that means on Sundays, I know how to shake the hands. I know how to give the fist bump. I know how to give the hug. I know how to smile. I know how to do whatever I need to do to look like everything's good and everything's right. I know how to hold my hands just right. I know how to clap. I know how to shout. I know how to say the right prayer. I know how to look godly. I know how to look holy. I know how to look that way, but it's just a shell in my life because in that moment in, in my life, I'm denying the very power of God that sets me free. 
And Paul said those that deny the power of God, those that have a form of godliness and deny the power of God, the apostle Paul says have nothing to do with them. And so church becomes a religious thing to my shell in order to protect my form of godliness, then what I really have to do is deny those that really need God. I have to deny those that are really hurting, those that want the power of God, those that are hungry for God, those that are, uh, because I'm too busy looking good. I'm too busy putting on and giving my effort and my energy to making sure that people see my good side. Amen. I want people to see my God side. Don't, don't look on this side. My God side's right here. This is my God side. This is my good side. This is my happy side. This is my church side. This is what everybody sees side. Don't look on the other side. Instead of being able to bear my heart, I'm not saying that forgiveness is gonna make you, but what forgiveness does is it allows God to heal on the inside and transform the inside so that I become the new person that I'm called to be. And when I choose to forgive and I understand the power of that, then I can become vulnerable again. When I choose not to forgive, I can't be vulnerable. I can't let anybody know. I can't let anybody know how I really feel or how I'm really feeling or what's really going on. I can't let anybody know the trueness of the hurt that's on the inside of me because I'm afraid. Why? Of being wounded. I'm afraid of being hurt because I haven't learned how to forgive. I haven't learned and understand that forgiveness is just part of life. Forgiveness is just part of the church. Forgiveness, listen, you're going to get offended. You're going to get somebody say something to you that's going to hurt your feelings. Feeling. Somebody isn't going to compliment your hair today. Somebody isn't going to compliment your, your singing ability. Somebody isn't going to value your gift. Somebody isn't going to listen to you. Somebody isn't going to listen to your suggestion. Somebody isn't going to do something the way you want it and you have the opportunity to get offended and be wounded. Or you learn to just say, you know what, I already know who I am in Christ. I'm okay. I'm okay if you don't like my hair today. I like my hair today. Amen. I don't care if you like what I got on today. I like what I got on today. I don't, you know what I'm saying? It's not an ugly thing of I don't care. It becomes a security of who I am in Christ. And now I'm not afraid to be a witness. I'm not afraid to be a light. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, I just want to pick up here in verse 3. It says, they will be unloving and unforgiving. He's talking about the last days, that people will be unloving and unforgiving. And verse 5, it says, they will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Forgiving people makes you godly. It makes you godly. Why? Because God forgave you and he forgave me. It makes me godly. It's, it's not, it, it's a part of that. But the denying of forgiveness robs me of godliness. I become like the world when I don't forgive. And therefore I have to, I end up living life as a victim instead of a victor. Therefore, never overcoming, 
I'm living life according to what happened to me instead of according to what Jesus did for me. I'm always looking back. And this happened to me and that happened to me and this happened to me and they said this and they did this and they didn't do that and my, my mama did this and my daddy did that and my uncle did this and my boss did that and my sister did this and in the church they did that and the pastor did this and I'm always looking back as a victim of what happened to me instead of looking to what Jesus did for me and he set me free. He's made me a new creature in Christ Jesus. He's accepted me in his beloved. He loves me. He's been anointed to heal my broken heart. He's been anointed to set the captives free. He's been anointed for the gospel to be preached to the poor. In other words, his anointing is available to bring healing, to bring restoration, to bring liberty, and to bring freedom into my life. But I have to be looking to him and acknowledge who he is and what he's done for me. And I've got to forget what's happened to me. Or I've got to put that behind me. Let me wrap this up. As a victim, I always have an excuse for my current circumstances. I always have an excuse for my circumstances today. It's always this, they don't do this, they didn't do that, they did this. As a victim, I always have an excuse for not obeying God. Well, you know, I can't do what God's called me because I was hurt. I'm not making fun of you. This is real. Well, you know, I was hurt where I was before. I was hurt at this church. I was hurt at this. I was hurt at that. And and so I I can't really do, I I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want to get hurt again. I don't want to, well, you're still holding on. You're still looking back. And it's, you're, you're making excuses for not moving forward. I understand we have to have some time to heal. I'm not, I'm not saying that that's not there, but you can't live perpetually in disobedience to God. As a victim, I always have an excuse for my actions. Well, you know, I just get angry because I was, I was abused, so I just get angry now. That's just part of who I am. I just blow up. Well, you know, it's just the way I am. I just say what I want to say and act however I want to act. It's just because, no, victim. A victim, as a victim, I always, (laughs) as a victim, I never have to take responsibility. I'm never responsible. As a victim, I'm never responsible. I'm not responsible for my life. I'm not responsible for my actions. I'm not responsible for my choices. I'm not responsible for my future. I'm not responsible because somebody did something somewhere to put me where I am today. No, you made decisions to be where you are today. Nobody puts you where you are today. Come on, you can give Jesus a hand for that. Listen, I realize this isn't all easy to swallow. Amen. And I'm not, I'm not upset, but I want you to be free. I want you to be free. I want to live in my own life in freedom and liberty. And it's time to quit making excuses. It's time to quit being a victim in the house of God. Whenever we serve the great God, we serve the living God. We serve the one who set me free, who died for me. He gave his life for me so that I can have life to be a victim. He died on the cross for you to be a victor. 
As a victim, I'm always on the defensive and never on the offensive. I'm never able to take ground. I'm always behind. I never feel like I'm ever taking ground. I'm always in this posture. I'm never in the posture of taking ground. I'm always in a defensive. I'm always It leads to a root of bitterness. It causes the ground of my life to be bitterness. That means that everything in my life flows out of bitterness. Keep your heart with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. Whenever unforgiveness goes unforgiven, you know what I'm saying? It becomes a root right down into my heart and the root system is where I get fed from. The root system is what brings stability in my life. The root system is where the nutrients come from. So everything in my life now is being fed from bitterness. Everything in my life comes and springs up from bitterness. And so it taints everything I do, everything I see, everything I say, my perspective, my faith, my relationship with God. Everything now is being tainted by bitterness. Because it's become the root in my life. The root is you chop down the tree, you dig up the root, and then you get on with it. Some of us are good with pruning a few branches of our bitterness tree instead of cutting it down and digging the root out and letting Jesus replant something. Amen. Replant life. When I forgive, I'm helping myself more than the person I'm forgiving. I now have joy and peace. When I forgive someone, I release them into God's hands so he can work in their lives. And I release myself into God's hands. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. We hope that you enjoyed it. Be sure and subscribe so that you can keep up with all of our messages from Covenant Life Church.